to the Young Uns Podcast. My name is David Eagle. Last week, I was holding hands with Sam Pert from the Hut People. This week, I have a dalliance with a lady of the night. Yet, in spite of these rendezvous, I still feel lonely and empty inside and resort to hanging around musical instrument repair shops to try and find a friend. Meanwhile, Michael Hughes underestimates the strength of the beer at Gainsborough Folk Club and gets drunk before our gig. And there was plenty of drunkenness at our Christmas gig at Butlins last year. We have a couple of clips from that. Plus, it's the return of the Forked Up Folk Song and James Fagan's Talking Bollocks. All that and more on this week's Youngin's Podcast, entitled It's Not Good News for Kangaroos. And we dedicate this week's Young'uns podcast to Ron Angel, one of the founding members of Stockton Folk Club, uh, who founded it over 40 years ago, and which is where we got introduced to folk music at Stockton Folk Club. Uh, he performed in the Teesside Fettlers and wrote many songs about Teesside, especially industrial Teesside, his most well-known song being the Chemical Workers song, which has been sung by us. It's been performed and recorded by artists all over the world. He was one of the people who first encouraged us to sing together. If it wasn't for him, then things might have been very different and uh, you wouldn't be listening to me doing this podcast now. I shudder to think, so you You've got Ron to thank for that. Without Ron Angel, James Fagan's talking bollocks might never have existed. Ron died last year, and we did a gig just a couple of days after his passing, and we're going to play a little tribute from ourselves to Ron in a minute or so. But um, I was looking at his obituary page on Mudcats, and uh, there were a lot of people saying the same thing, how encouraging he was. Like, for instance, the Wilsons, the Wilson family from Teesside, who, uh, who wrote on Mudcat, Ron encouraged us when others were maybe more circumspect. And I think the same is definitely true for us. We weren't particularly good when we started out, but Ron, I think, was just enamoured by our enthusiasm. And he didn't care about the rawness. And he encouraged us and he recommended songs and he chatted to us. And if we'd not got that encouragement, then things could have been very different indeed. So this is a recording taken from our gig at Deal. And we're talking a little bit about Ron Angel. The Chemical Workers song. Another fantastic song written about Teesside. Written by a man as influential on, on our musical path as Graham Miles, who we talked about earlier. And his name was Ron Angel. Uh, it's very sad to say his name because Ron died uh, three days ago, um, and he was he was such a towering influence on our lives. Mainly because it was his stupid decision that we should call ourselves the Youngins uh, <laughs> eleven years ago. <laughs> but now we're, we're proud to call. He was the person who gave us our first gig. As well. Yeah. So it wouldn't have started if it wasn't for him. So if you're not enjoying it, then he's the one to blame. But. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 
singing all these songs about dying in the uh, in the ICI. You know, kind of thing. So, an interesting meeting, I think, on the morning after. Anyway, yes, good idea. there from our gig at Deal last year and uh, we started there by talking about Ron Angel who passed away last year and we're going to play out with a Ron Angel song that isn't the Chemical Workers song we'll do that at the end of the podcast but right now it's time for another feature that would not have surfaced were it not for Ron Angel and again it's just hard to imagine isn't it and that is the forked up folk song it's our quiz we ask you can you identify the folk song from the food based lyrical clues and the one that we always give you as an example is sandwich gourmet feta gourmet feta coleslaw ribeye place per pavlova dough feta coleslaw Okay, so that would be the clue for the Wild Rover, if the answer was the Wild Rover. So with that in mind, can you identify this week's Forked Up Folk Song from the food-based lyrical clues? And we're going to head to our singing weekend in Eskdale. A group of people spent a weekend with us singing songs and getting up to all sorts of stuff, including this quiz. And we're going to head to the singing weekend at Eskdale now for this week's Forked Up Folk Song. King prawn balls. <laughs> King prawn balls. Flan deli stew fennel. Strong liver dates. Lattes. Quorn lin. 
Okay, would you like it again? King prawn balls, flan deli stew fennel, strong liver dates, lattes, corn link. Now, just out of interest, has anyone got that? Excellent. So a few people have it at the singing weekend. The question is, do you have it? Do you know what it is yet? We'll recap it a little bit later on in the podcast and we'll reveal the answer at the end of the podcast. So in the summer last year, uh, my accordion was malfunctioning a little. One particular note was playing up. And so I decided to take it into the uh, instrumental repairs shop in Manchester to get it fixed. But on the two occasions that I went in, embarrassingly, the accordion worked. With more on this anecdote, we head back to Deal. One well, of my notes on my accordion is a little bit dodgy, but every single time I've warned people about me to try and do it, it generally works reasonably well. And it's quite embarrassing because it's been doing this for some months. So I went to the, uh, the accordion uh, to a place, a music shop, that repairs accordions. And I said, oh, it's a terrible problem with my accordion. And I spent about five minutes before I got it out kind of explaining what was wrong with it, what model of accordion it is, and this kind of thing, and got into a bit of a chat about accordions. And then I got the accordion out and said, can I hear the mistake? I said, oh, it's absolutely fine. So I did it. And that is what happened. It sounded absolutely fine. And she was like, oh, it seems to work. And I went, oh, no, just, if you just, just wait a minute, it'll... So I'm in the store doing this. Eventually, after five minutes, it's like, oh, maybe I should, uh, you know, should I just... I used to keep doing that. I'll just come back when it starts to let me know. Five minutes later, he comes back. It's still... So I think... And I was like, oh, I was like, exactly. He must have just thought that I was, like, desperate for, like, a day out or something like that. And I'm like, please talk to me. You're a dreamer. Sean Cooney certainly is. It's time once more to delve into the minds of the young'uns as Mr. Sean Cooney divulges yet another one of his dreams. So here to tell us about this dream is Mr. Sean Cooney from a car on our way to a gig. I remember you had a, a lady of the night in your bedroom. Can I invite her back? No, I don't know. She was in there, but you didn't know she was a prostitute. (laughs) She was under the impression that you did. (laughs) She kept asking you questions like, you don't know why we're here, darling, don't you? She's very butchy. You kept saying, yes, man. It's it's all about harmony, isn't it? That's what I do best, (laughs) harmony. Oh, it's going to be lots of harmony, darling. (laughs) She said to you... (laughs) Now, you have got protection, love, haven't you? And you were like, yeah, but you thought she meant, like, insurance for your accordion. You were like, oh, yeah, that's right, I got it on the internet. <laughs> oh, very good, darling. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very amicable prostitute, I like 
<laughs> so now there's a whole string of it. I can't the only bits I can remember. <laughs> then I think I was doing your best man speech. What with the uh, prostitute? We got <laughs> no, so no, well. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we moved on and it was your wedding. Yeah, it was very, yeah, it was very Oh, did you have any dreams, Michael? None that I can remember, dude. Good contribution, Michael, you. It's always good to have you on the podcast. <laughs> well, it sounds like I was potentially in for a good night there, and uh, that's quite a good link to our next clip, Talking of Good Nights. Because Talking of Good Nights... We stayed last night at uh, the Holiday Inn... Was it the Holiday Inn or the Holiday Inn Express? Well, we don't want to do a product place. No, I know. It's the Premier Does the Premier Inn have an Express as well? Or... I'm not sure what the, what the idea of the Express is, if you have to kind of just sleep only for half an hour and then maybe you get something. <laughs> but anyway, we went to the Premier Inn and we were just about to go to bed and the lady, um, the, the receptionist said, are you aware of our good night guarantee? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <laughs> apparently, if you don't get a good night's sleep, then they will refund you. And I think, how the heck can this possibly work? Because surely, like anyone who's like homeless or anything like that, why do they have to sleep on the streets? Why don't they just go into the premier room, <laughs> put themselves in every single night, say that they haven't got, you know, you can buy a mask or something maybe for like a pound in a pound shop or a charity shop. You've really thought this through, haven't you? I have. <laughs> very well in the professional folk say, so I may be holding it. <laughs> I'm going to try this scam, but uh, anyway. You need your credit card. Oh, you need your credit card. Oh, you've tried it, haven't you? That's <laughs> <laughs> why you fell short, <laughs> Have you heard about the young'un's goodnight guarantee? <laughs> Uh, next song's uh, Milton <laughs> Swifty on. Uh... Well, Michael Hughes certainly had a good night at Gainsborough Folk Club. Uh, I was a little bit worried because uh, Michael had a couple of pints uh, before the gig, which he's done before, but I don't think he realised quite how strong these particular pints were. Uh, and he ended up getting visibly drunk before we went on to perform. He was just sort of chatting away to everyone. There was a few people who got up to sing before we went on, like a few floor spots. So a few people went up and sang and Michael was talking quite loudly. It was quite embarrassing because Michael was talking quite loudly. I don't think realising how loud he was talking to some of the locals. So in my opinion, it was obvious that uh, maybe he was a little bit drunk. So I thought I'd best point this out. I thought, well, we could... It's very difficult. I mean, there's two options. You could be professional or try and be professional and just go on and see what happens. Or you can just make a reference to it straight away and then it's out there, isn't it? And if the gig is going a little bit bad, then someone can, like, pour a pint of water on Michael or something like that to try and sober him up. So, this is the first couple of minutes from that gig. I only have the first couple of minutes from the gig because the recorder mysteriously stopped after a couple of minutes. Uh, I don't know if it malfunctioned due to the alcohol fumes that were pervading from Michael, but here are the first couple of minutes from our gig at Gainsborough with a drunk Michael Hughes. Well, I'm saying to the best person there, though. Is it Pam? Oh, well, I don't know, it's an easy mistake to make. We've all done it, haven't we? We've all done it. I tell you, I'm worried about, I'm worried about this man. Michael Hughes, we 
said when he ordered uh, Bishop's Bingo, he said it's strong. He said, I'll be all right. I think we was just in the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry. Don't worry if this gig is going to turn all ramshackle. It's going to be absolutely fine. I've got, I've got one word. I've got one word to sober Michael Hughes up. He used to be a Catholic RE teacher, and here's this. That's not one word, you bloody idiot. No. <laughs> teacher to sober him up immediately. Ofsted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at him, look at him. I sincerely apologise for enjoying myself this week. <laughs> <laughs> but look what it's taken, though, my God. This is his 17th bishop's finger. Being a Catholic RE teacher is used to that. There were certainly plenty of drunk people at our gig that we did in Butlins, the great British folk festival in Skegness, Butlins, last December. Uh, here's a couple of clips from our Butlins gig. Thank you very much. Hello, Butlins. Hey. Well, I have a whole life to say that. Uh, I thought we'd have to like do some sort of period in Pontins first before we could graduate to Butlins. Straight in, in the dream. Uh, we've always wanted our own dance floor, this is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but that'll come in handy for the ballads of death. Uh, ballads about death, they're on the dance floor, right? So, so we could utilise the dance floor a little bit later on, maybe. We're, we're the youngins, and, and that was the holly and the ivy, you probably guessed. And we love these old uh, Christmas carols, like the really old ones and, and the wassailing songs, because they're less about Jesus and more about beer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to. Uh, We've been singing these wassailing and carol songs for uh, about six or seven years, and usually, you know, we have a full uh, set of dates every December, and, you know, by the third or fourth one, you sort of get in the swing of the songs, and by Christmas Eve, you know, they're back to front. Nobody takes me until January before yeah. I'm confident, by this point, you'll stop seeing them. <laughs> but this is our only date in December, so we're, uh, we're, get, we're getting them out, especially for you. Yeah, we're doing our Christmas songs as well, but we might get them out here a little bit later. Well, he's putting you've got to do some kind of double entendre, haven't you? Well, I've been a bingo in 15 minutes. Uh... Oh, this is going to be interesting. An interesting experiment now is, uh, as David Eagle picks up his accordion. You see, we, we made a discovery when we arrived in beautiful Butlins about an hour ago that we've lost one of his accordion microphones. But luckily we've got a couple of short microphone stands on either side of him, so hopefully... He's always wanted his groin mic'd up. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do so your... So we'll get aroused during the summer. Yeah. 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 But it's been a long weekend oh, for you. That was me doing that. Mr. Hughes' chances for making a series of farting noises. Uh, I'm not really sure whether we're going to be all right, Mr. Hughes. Uh, and also, it was bubbling as well. I mean, this doing uh, the guitar farting uh, routine. Suddenly, my mic's are the least of everyone's worries, I think. Uh, 
Pokemon oh God, don't say that. Who was the old man from Dundee? Just say we've got like we've got audio description for the audience. It's time once again to do the Forked Up Folk Song. We're going to recap it. Can you identify the folk song from the food-based lyrical clues? King prawn balls, flan deli, stew, fennel. Strong liver dates, lattes, corn link. We'll reveal the answer at the end of the podcast. But first, it's time for James Fagan's Talking Bollocks. Now, last week, we spoke to James about kangaroo testicles and this week is no different. So popular was it that he's back for more. So this is uh, part two of our phone call that I had with James last week. We're back with Mr James Fagan, and it's uh, technically about five seconds in the future, but um, for the listeners, this will be a week in the future now. So <laughs> let's just hope nothing crazy has changed in the world, and we should really be talking about some newsworthy item. Uh, but instead, <laughs> while the world is in catastrophe, we are talking about kangaroo testicles. So last week, you told us about the positioning of the kangaroo testicles, and they, they, they dangle from in front rather than behind the member. I am right I'm in saying that. I'm glad you were taking notes. I was. I remember it like... Like it was ten seconds ago, James. Uh, me too, me too. And, um, and now you're going to dispense well, you, were, you were talking about, let's hope that some, some major news hasn't broken. Right. I, when I was in Australia, I discovered um, almost by accident that there is an, a newsworthy article uh, relating to the testicles. And again, we're talking about kangaroos. Now, I noticed this time on my way through the airport at Sydney a predominance of one particular souvenir, which uh, I've not seen quite as much before. And it's the kangaroo scrotum bottle opener. Now, this has become ubiquitous Australian tat. But what alarmed me was just how many of them there were this time. They were literally everywhere. We are talking about the slightly furred, testicle-shaped scrotum of a male kangaroo, tanned leather. Is it? Ah, right. Forged into the handle... Right. of a bottle opener so that you can open your twist top without, you know, hurting your hand. So it's right. not a real kangaroo's testicle then? Well, I used to think it was all just a, a comic tourist gag, a bit of old cowhide or something. Mm. But here is my revelation to you. Such is the market now in China, the dried, powdered testicles of Australian kangaroos as a... Uh, a potent uh, libido booster and love potion. Oh, really? That there is a huge market now for for taking the testicles from, I, I must point out, from already deceased animals. I don't want your listeners to get the wrong impression. These are kangaroos that have been uh, right, culled from a very, very large population of Australian kangaroos uh, for their meat. But whereas the testicles would have once been a waste product or pet food, uh, they are now being sold in great numbers to uh, Chinese, shall we say, libido experts. And I have a little bit of an interview here from a man who's described as a, a ball expert, John Kruger, 73 of Townsville. He's a 40-year veteran of the testicle trade, apparently. All right, okay. And he be talking said, to him, James, then. Uh, <laughs> well, when well, I said that I, this, I didn't actually go up to Townsville to talk to John Kruger oh. in person. Ah, oh, James. Uh, it's not that I don't take this seriously, it's just that, I, you know, time was a limitation. That's absolutely fine, business. James. Next time we'll, we'll try and get you, like, a trip paid for. You can go on a little sabbatical for the... For that the would be great. Let, let me tell you what Mr Kruger said. Oh, please do, yes. He said, and I quote, We buy a ton of testicles every month from room meat processors and we put them through my custom-made D-nothing machine. <laughs> it, squeezes, it squeezes out the balls 
and leaves behind the empty pouch. He said, at his peak, Mr Kruger can process 500 hollowed scrota in an hour. He then fashions the sack into bottle openers and sells them for 25 bucks a pop. Well, there we are. It's not good news for kangaroos. <laughs> well, it's nice. Uh, it's a little r- nice rhyming couplet to end that uh, fact on there. It's not good news for kangaroos. Worthy of Shakespeare there. Um, so now we know um, that the record, I suppose, probably is 500 uh, scrotums in in an hour. Is that, I think, in I think an hour. That's, 500... that's, his, that's, that's his peak. That's, that's his peak. His peak. And I imagine the record... At peak level. No. Well, I'm wondering if we can maybe uh, do like a, a challenge here. Can anyone listening to the Youngest Podcast beat that? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He sells on YouTube and, um, yeah, see if you can beat that. That'll be excellent. So, uh, I don't think we'll have any co- uh, takers, but you never know, I'm George. Not sure it's worth, we'll either. It's and, worth uh, putting these things out, though, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Well, well from not I, having... hope you've, I hope you found that interesting. I certainly, I certainly did. did. I certainly did. I like the fact that from last, uh, you were a bit worried that you have a scarcity of testicle facts. Last week, you've now given us two testicle facts on the kangaroo alone in the space of two weeks. So goodness knows what we'll have next time round, James. But thank you for talking bollocks to us, Mr Fagan. You're always welcome. Um, I'll, I'm back out on the, uh, on the search for new and, and vital statistics for well, you. Well, that's it. Where will your research take you, James? Well, it's nearly the end of the Youngins podcast, but not before we've played out with Ron Angel, who we're dedicating this week's Youngins podcast to, who died at the end of last year. But before we do that, we're going to reveal the forked up folk song answer. King prawn balls, flanderly, stew fennel, strong liver ditch, lot is quarreling. <laughs> Sydney Carter's Sing John Ball. It's time to say goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. And we're going to play out with Ron Angel. And as I say, he's most well known by many for his song, the Chemical Workers song, which we've sang on our, when our grandfathers said no. We sing lots of gigs. But I thought we'd play something different. And this is Ron Angel singing his own song, Cleveland Steel. We'll see you back from our travels in Kansas if we haven't frozen. It's minus 10 degrees Celsius, apparently. But hopefully we'll afford by the time the Youngins podcast returns next week. But until then, goodbye. Hammer it, weld it, roll it to and fro. Cleveland Steel is on the best I love you all to know. Forge it, cast it. Mold it how you like Neat as a Geordie Henny bird And tough as a Yorkshire tyke There's men that work below the ground Where daylight never comes And some grow food upon the land And only get the crumbs Some stand by the assembly line Wishing that time would fly Well, give me the lad that'll roll the slab And bounce the sparks up high Hammer it, weld it, roll it to and fro Cleveland Steel is of the best, I love you all to know Forge it, cast it, mould it how you like Neat as a Geordie Henny bird and tough as a Yorkshire tyke 
the cold northeaster from the girl frees your very soul. Then it's the open hearth for me, or where the ingots roll, where thunder shakes the walls about and trembles all the floor. Sparks jump out the soaking pits and sweat runs down galore. Hammer it, weld it, roll it to and fro. Cleveland steel is of the best, I'll have y'all to know. Forge it, cast it, mould it how you like. Neat as a jolly henny bird and tough as a Yorkshire tyke. Take iron by the wagon load and burn it till it's bright. Then blast it through with jets of gas until your mixture's right. Then shovel in your lumps of lime and set the sky aglow. Add some spit and lots of sweat and make your steel to flow. Hammer it, weld it, roll it to and fro. Cleveland steel is of the best, I'll have you all to know. Forge it, cast it, mould it how you like. Neat as a jolly hinny bird and tough as a Yorkshire tyke. We sold our steel across the world and they all came to buy. Then someone bought the firm up, now they say we're going to die. They didn't even talk to us to tell us of their plan. And then we heard it on the news, we're going down the pan. Hammer it, weld it, roll it to and fro. Cleveland steel is of the best, I love you all to know. Forge it, cast it, mould it how you like. Neat as a jolly henny bird and tough as a Yorkshire tyke. They said it's not a buyout, just a merger, that is all. But the orders come from Holland now and we're up against the wall. They only mean to rationalise, the excuses are well meant. But shareholders anonymous gains 20 more percent. Hammer it, weld it, roll it to and fro. Cleveland steel is of the best, I'll have you all to know. Forge it, cast it, mould it how you like. Neat as a jolly henny bird and tough as a Yorkshire tyke. The workshop of the world one time they used to call us here. Now the ships are gone, the pits are gone, and steel won't last a year. We used to manufacture things, proud to be high grade, but soon we'll just assemble stuff that other folks have made. Hammer it, weld it, roll it to and fro. Cleveland steel is of the best, and I'm your all to know. Forge it, cast it, mould it how you like. Neat as a jolly henny bird and tough as a Yorkshire tyke. The skills and the experience, the reputation too. Not valued any more, it seems, get rid of all that crew. Crack teams of men will be dispersed, never to be replaced. They'll swap this hive of industry for industrial bloody waste. Hammer it, weld it, roll it to and fro. Cleveland steel is of the best, I'll have you all to know. Forge it, cast it, mould it how you like. Neat as a Geordie henny bird and tough as a Yorkshire tyke, aye. Neat as a Geordie henny bird and tough as a Yorkshire tyke.